Hi, everybody. Salve. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. He just said hello in Latin because you know what? You're in for a treat. Wait, should we tell who we are? It's then again. With Ken. And Glenn. <laughs> He's Glenn. I'm Ken. No. Wait. Something's going on. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're in for a treat here, folks. It's a, it's a two-parter. This is the first part of two parts. We're going to be talking about, as a matter of fact, since, since we said parts, trace partes. Trace partes. <laughs> omnia, omnia, wait, omnia, ga, omnia gallia in trace partes est. Divisa est. I'm butchering the yes. Latin. <laughs> anyway, well, that's, that's appropriate because that's what Caesar did to the Celts. He oh. butchered them. Oh, my God. We're talking about Rome, a two-parter, Rome. And so this first episode, we're going to talk about something that Glenn and I we just adore this particular production. We're going to set the stage for you with uh, HBO's miniseries, Rome. We're going to talk about it a little bit. And then the next episode, we're going to get into actual Roman history. So without further ado, yes, Rome, the yes. miniseries. It was good, Ken. I agree. There. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, uh, you know, longtime sufferers or listeners of the program will know that one of the things Glenn and I look for when we talk about entertainment, as we have on this show a couple of times, it's it's uh, it's the verisimilitude, the appearance, the of, of truth that that you look at the thing and you're like, that looks right because it is yeah. right, and that is something that HBO in general does with its series they do pretty well. But with Rome, they really knocked it out of the park. I mean, and it starts with the opening credits of Rome, just. Those mosaics Those on the an- walls, the animated graffiti co- coming to life, and it's and what's lovely about that is that it shows how how ubiquitous the graffiti on Roman walls was, and how colorful it is. The stuff they're showing, I mean, aside from it coming to life, they're showing images that have been documented that really existed. Every animated thing in that <laughs> in that intro has its basis on something they found at Pompeii or, 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 or Rome itself. Yes. Yeah. And and not only did they, the feel of it is so perfect, but they also probably picked the coolest period in Rome's history to look at <laughs> that shift from... From Republic. Fr- from Republic to empire, I don't know. If, it's complicated, but yes. But for, but that is. I mean, for, you know, for, even even though even though Octavian never calls himself emperor, he's merely princip civis, first citizen. Yes. Well, you're but, you're but, emperor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that and that's that that transition from when it's the senate that has power to it's an individual that has right. power. Those struggles that are happening, and, and and they and they just portray it so well, and and it's and it's perfectly cast. It's got some of my favorite people in it. Oh God, yes. And and they, yeah, they Kieran Hines as Caesar. It's like, all right, never have anyone else portray Caesar. It's been done to perfection. Sorry, Marlon Brando. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But they look at again classic story writing, script writing. I should say they take these huge earth-moving events right. and and show them through the eyes of two quote regular guys. Right. And who who the, the Lucius Ferenus and Titus Pudel are mentioned. In, in Caesar's writings. In his commentaries, yes. They're not like big heroes or anything, but he mentions these two soldiers by name, one who rescued the other in a particular fight. And so that's the linchpin. Whoever wrote the script, by Terrence Stamp, I think, actually, he goes, all right, those are going to be my vehicles. They're going to be the guys watching this story. And they're just, and they're just perfectly woven. And they're, <laughs> they're so fun to watch because oh they hate God. each other. At and first. They love each exactly, other. Exactly, exactly. And once again, one of the hallmarks of great storytelling that also wants to get it right is they're able to tell the story by showing the story. So when, like the opening, the absolute first scene in this miniseries, it's the battle line of the legionnaires in their in their lines facing these 
you know, Gauls or Germanic, probably Gauls, I think they're supposed to be fighting. Yeah. But, you know, and it, sh- it and without saying, and this is how the Gauls fought, and this is how the Romans fought, and you can see they would advance, like, they simply showed it. And at the same time, they're showing Titus and Lucius kind of in conflict because somebody's not obeying his orders. Somebody breaks the line. Somebody breaks the line, which is the crime for that is death. That shows you how much they prized discipline. They didn't have to go to a big lecture like a documentary. They simply showed it. And no other portrayal of the Roman legion that I have ever seen on film or on TV does it right until that scene. Until that scene. Yeah. No, the, the, oh, what was it? The gladiator. Oh, oh, Russell Crowe. Oh. Yep. That oh, one, that, oh, so when they've got siege machines deployed in the forest to shoot fire bolts from, from catapults it's into always, trees. It's always fire bolts. What are you doing? That's, that's to break down walls. Are trees walls? No, they're not. No. Oh, it makes me I'm, so I'm sorry. Libba just had to turn the potentiometer down because I was over-amping the... But but. <laughs> but 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 this one shows it right and it shows it, it right and and you know well and it shows and once again even though this is entertainment and it's a story it also shows this is why Rome was so good this is why Rome had an empire this is why one thousand men could beat five thousand discipline right and this miniseries does not varnish things no it does not it's it is, pretty it, grim it, it is straight up and it's grim and it shows that life was horrific even for the winners yeah and, and for the, the people in power one of the things so one of the and and the miniseries shows this one of the largest sources of wealth that caesar and his armies take home with them from gaul are the captured people that they are then going to sell as slaves yeah and, and that's and they don't even say there's no hand wringing in the show. It's like, right. well, they're my slaves. And then he finds out that his slaves have miserably died of disease, locked up in cages. And there's no remorse. There's no morality. It's just, He's just oh, like, my property. I lost yeah, my property. What do you What do you mean my property's gone? Right. How am I going to pay for stuff now? Right. Th- this really sucks for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. This sucks <laughs> for me. All my slaves are dead. Right. This is horrible. And then he and and you know, as Ken says, hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I. The, the way that this show presents slavery as it was in classical antiquity, not only the, the whole right. thing of property spoils from, from, the, from the foreign wars in Gaul, but also Posca, Caesar's personal slave. Who is also documented. He's also documented, yes. but he's an educated Greek, and they were incredibly prized. It's like it, it was you – know, we, we know that owning other humans is horrible. We absolutely know that. But in classical antiquity, no. I own you because my country is stronger than right. yours, so that's just the way it is. Because it's important to make the note, slavery in antiquity was not racially not based. Not racially based. It, it the, was here in America, but it was not in classical antiquity. The, the reason Romans, one of the reasons Romans loved Greek slaves is because the Romans said, well, you're smarter than us. Yeah, you're, you're educated. As a matter of so you've got— you've We got, need you to do our thinking for us. You've got household Greek slaves serving as advisors and accountants and comptrollers. I mean— And, and teachers. And teachers, but not these— Gallic and Celtic no, idiots. Those, oh, are, those, those, those guys. are for salt mines. But what it also shows is, and, and this is once again borne out by documentary evidence when you study the history of the time, the relationship, let's say, between Posca and Caesar. It's Caesar owns Posca. He's got power of life and death over him, but also listens to his advice, listens to his criticism, suffers Posca to call him a fool when he's being foolish. Right. And free people suffer Posca to treat them pretty dirty because— He's 
he's property, but he's Caesar's property. He's Caesar's property, exactly. And and so yeah, so another unvarnished view of, of of how things were in ancient Rome, and you know, family life, and how that was, Absolutely. and how that was set up, and and how the the pater familius was the pater familius, the, the father of the family. He he's power he, he of life also, and death. Yeah, it's not slavery on paper, but it's pretty close right. to it in reality. Right. You know, we we once again here in the the early twenty first century, we rail about the patriarchy. You want to talk patriarchy? Go back to ancient Rome. <laughs> you, yeah. And look, I'm not saying let's leave the status quo the way it is now, but remember throughout the arc of time, things are relative. Where we've gotten to now has been a 2,000-year struggle from what we inherited from Rome, because right. that's the other thing. And now we're getting away from the series and just the general <laughs> Roman history. We swear we're going to try to save that for the second. Uh, but so much of what has come down to us is based on Rome, Rome society and Roman law and Roman art and Roman culture. It's, it's been a 2,000-year process to kind of shed that and say we are something different because it was so staggeringly influential. Now let's get back to the series. Yes. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> the art direction. <laughs> yeah. And so the series also sh- – and, it, and it, there's all sorts of perfect little subtleties – my favorite scenes are watching the Senate argue, yes. argue back and forth. Yes. Um, because, you know, these, these are the absolute elite of Rome, and they take bribes to vote certain ways, and that's not immoral. And, right, it's kind of that's, known. That's politics. That's, that's politics, baby. <laughs> they're not upset that they took the bribe. They're, I will... upset, they're upset that I couldn't pay as much as the other guy. That's, <laughs> exactly. that's the problem with politics today is I'm not rich enough. Right, right. But you see, when those scenes at the Senate, you see them, you know, see little scenes playing out in the background of people leaning in and whispering, well, let's, and, and, and clearly conspiring and doing things like that. And you see the, there, there's the scene when, uh, well, when, when they're trying to avert the, uh, their version of a government shutdown. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the plan was for Anthony to veto a bill. Right. And, and, and Pompey is like, a brawl breaks out before Anthony can do it. And once again, it's showing the niceties of Roman government in this storytelling way, it's Pompey's desperately trying to signal Anthony, veto the bill, veto, and Anthony Ross, I'm supposed to veto this bill, <laughs> so that so that civil forgot. so that civil war doesn't happen, and he and he, he can't because now the Senate they're they're fighting and the Senate session breaks up, and what like you say, watching the government in action with these characters, it's amazing because they they really are the government. Yeah, they, exactly. There's there's a scene later on when uh. When they've had to flee Rome, and uh, and Cato the Elder, the, the the staunch Republican, wearing his black toga, right. and and I think it's uh, uh, Brutus makes some comment about you know Caesar controls the Senate, and Cato wheels on him and says, "We are the Senate. We are the Senate because they are the senators." And I right. think the rejoinder is, "No, we're old men on the run." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> because because. The harsh reality is that the Senate doesn't have an army, and Caesar does. And Caesar does exactly. Um, oh, and th- and that's the interesting thing about this miniseries is it looking at that transition. How, yes. How does it get from a? I'm using air quotes here. A representative republic. <laughs> how does it get from that point? We should probably a, go ahead go to ahead. an autocratic leader right. within should, a generation. Right, and we should probably explain. Look, when we say Senate and Republic, it doesn't mean the same thing it does now. We here in 21st century America have a, have a democratic republic. Our, our representatives, republic, are elected by the people, democratic. 
Rome had representatives, but they weren't elected in the same way. It was it was there, there were votes that happened, right? But it wasn't the mass of the people get to choose who's a senator. There, uh, there patricians are senators. Yeah. End of story. Right. Yes, the Roman citizens can vote. Right. But you vote for your betters. Right. And it is very very clearly. Right. Spelled out that these people are your betters. Which which one of your betters do you want to to sit in the Senate? Right. Um, and, and 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 getting back to talking about the series again. So with with all these betters that are <laughs> yes. sitting in the Senate, once again the guy that plays uh, Mark Antony and his name just leapt from my mind. That's why you you can't go there. I always oh forget it because gosh. now I can't remember. He was the Black Prince. He and, was the Black and, Prince, and, and, the, and he was also in episodes of Sharp's Rifles. Yes, or, he was. Or, or Sharp. Yeah. Uh, why can't I remember his name? Let me look it up quick. Somebody. <laughs> anyway. What he invests, I'm going to use him as an exemplar of, of how the story is brought to life, how Rome is brought to life, because he invests the character with this life and vim and vigor. Yes? Purifoy! Yeah. Yes, James Purifoy! James Purifoy. <laughs> Go see everything he's ever been in. Just do it. He's just Blank good. statement. But he, he just he captures Anthony perfectly. Once again, what I love about this show is that clearly the director and, and the screenwriter – and actually, because I've watched the behind-the-scenes commentary, they got they sat down with these actors and they said, "Look, here here are things that were actually said about Mark Antony, and James Purfoy, because he's done a lot of historic a- acting right. in the in the commentary. He you, he digs it. He he digs into it and does it. So he brings to the screen just this whimsy and this sense of humor and this absolute brutality when he needs to take care of business." I mean, he's, and, he's and, just amazing to and watch. That's what, and it's interesting because that's what ends up being his downfall is his total right. inability to act subtly. Right. That's it. Yeah. But but it's also, it does a good job, too, when he goes east to, to Egypt and Cleopatra. It does a really good job of showing that Egypt, that's where the money's at. The power's right. in Rome. Right. The money is on the Nile. Right. And and th- so that's where he goes because it's it's super comfortable and all the riches are out there and that's why that's really why they end up wrestling over control of Egypt. It's right. it's not her. Right. <laughs> Historically, it's not her. It's right. the money that the Ptolemaic dynasty represents right. because they're supposed to be Roman subjects. Right. And then upcoming soon to be uh Caesar Augustus and the interaction between he and and Mark Antony trying to figure out well we're trying to keep Caesar's, you know, hopes and dreams right. and his ideas going forward, right. but we're starting to split up. And like I said, it's it's an interesting thing of there are the many, the Senate, there are the three, the first and second triumvirates, right? And then there is the one, <laughs> and then there and is the, the one, and the people are okay with that, right? And and well, because once again, uh, and as the as the miniseries shows, disorder, instability, and civil war. We just want it to end. Okay, Octavian, now he's Caesar, fine. It, is peace restored? Yes, yes. fine. He can be sole power. Am I, am I able to feed myself and my family, and can I walk right. the streets at night? Right. Yeah, okay, well, sure. <laughs> exactly. Then you be in charge. Exactly. And once again, the actor who, who plays uh, Octavian, who becomes Augustus Caesar, just that just is so good at just playing that placid exterior that no one can read behind and he's mouthing the right things that are as a matter of fact there's the yeah. scene where he and uh and agrippa you know they've, they've they've burst into the throne room where where cleopatra has just had the asp bite her and she's she's dying right right in front of them and uh <laughs> and, and augustus goes up to her and and she's she's whispers just so he can hear you have a rotten soul and 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 
you know, for a moment there, Octavian, Augustus Caesar is, is kind of shaken, and he steps back, and Agrippa says, what did she say? And he goes, she said I had a rotten soul, and he goes, oh. <laughs> of course you do. I mean, we all know that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just, just okay. steps back. And then, and then, you know, and, 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 and uh, then there's a, a Marcellus, the, the servant, or, or, or the scribe for, for Caesar, you know, he's saying, I thought, I, thought she, I thought she would have come with us. And he said, well, you, you, you frightened her. And he says, no, I was all sweetness and light. And he goes, well, that is your most disconcerting manner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all sweetness. And really, the record, the historic record kind of bears that out. Once again, these actors are just making what is actually known about these people come to life. Finally, there's a show that makes it right. come to life in the right way. You know, if, if, you've, if you've seen it, then good for you and you probably <laughs> loved it. But unless you've read the things and the, and the extra commentaries, the reason the last two episodes seem so rushed is unfortunately <laughs> because there was supposed to be a third season. Yep. And HBO, I can't remember what reason they gave. I, I'm sure it had, came down well, to money. Well, the, 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 the co-production company couldn't pony up their share of the dough. Right. And so so basically they crammed. And they realized it was good. They just were like, we just can't afford to do it. They, they cramped. They, and they only found out that they were only going to get two seasons halfway through filming the second because, one. Right. So that last half of that second season is actually another season crammed in. Crammed in the last one. half of the, the sec, what was always supposed to be the second season. So that's, right. that's unfortunate. But And I know uh, I own, of course, the box set. Sure. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> um, and I don't know if this is the case with it, if you have the subscription online. But if you have, but there's this, there's a, a feature called "All Roads Lead to Rome." If you activate that when you're watching the series, periodically something's mentioned about daily life, and boom, uh, it's, it'll like the old pop-up videos, yeah. or, or like our own quick history videos. Information pops up about what they're talking about on screen, and it's and it's really really cool. So it's it's a thing to watch for entertainment value, for just watching some great production, and by and large, I mean yes, some of the some of the things that interactions it are fictional. As all things are right. when they're fictionalized. But this is pretty good and pretty accurate and kind of sets the bar. It really does. And if you want to see what it would be like maybe for some of those Roman soldiers, <laughs> first, you know, join us for our second part of our podcast. But we want you to know that October 13th here at the History Center from 1 to 4 p.m., we're going to look for, at the grandeur from that I was to Rome. IV o'clock. That's <laughs> We're going to have our family day on Rome, Rome. the grandeur that was Rome. Uh, so come out and see us. Uh, we'll be in uh, Segmentadas and Hamadas. Oh, my. And, oh, my. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Then Again with Ken and Glenn is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. If you've enjoyed listening to Then Again with Ken and Glenn, please make sure that you subscribe and help us out by writing a review. To learn more about the Northeast Georgia History Center, visit www.negahc.org.